Welcome back for the last Habits of Grace study. It's been a great study. Um, we're just so thankful that you've chosen to come each week uh, to study God's Word with us and to grow in our Habits of Grace. Um, before we do our um, intro discussion, I wanted to just kind of recap the weeks um, just to look back and then look ahead at what we're talking about today. Um, so the first two weeks, we talked about hearing God's voice. The first week, remember, it was about studying God's word. And the second week was meditation and memorization. And then the third week, we talked about having God's ear. So hearing his voice, having his ear. And then last week, belonging to his body through fellowship. So today is wrapping it up with just stewarding God's resources and what that looks like in all areas of our life. So I'm excited to have Lynette up here um, to talk with us. If you don't know Lynette, you need to get around her because she's an amazing woman of God. <laughs> um, so Lynette's going to share um, with us. But before we um, dive in, we're just going to do um, a little discussion and activity at our table here. Um, so as you work on this activity, I thought sometimes it's easier to work on something and talk at the same time. So you can talk about this. How are you doing with your meditating on and memorizing the scripture you chose to dwell on this month? If you have not memorized it, it's okay. Still meditate on it and talk about the verse and, you know, how you've been meditating on it. So this is not a have you memorized your verse yet, but how is it going? Just a good check-in. Um, but while you're talking about that, there's note cards in front of you um, and colored pencils. And I thought this would be a good chance. We don't have a lot of opportunities as women to gather together and serve other women in our community. Um, and this is just a small way that we can serve um, a couple women here at Candeo. So go ahead and take those cards and write out either your verse that you're memorizing or a verse that comes to mind. And then a small note to one of these three women. Um, and just choose the one that you know what's going on in their life. Um, because we don't have time and I don't want to have to explain everything. But um, Brenna Kruger with Brooklyn. Um, Carrie Davis. Um, or Lissa Lisi, which the Lisi's did get amazing news last night, um, but there it's still a long road. Um, so choose one of those three women. If you don't know any of the, those three women, um, maybe ask one of your ladies at the table just to fill you in a little bit. But take this chance to write one or two um, notes to any of those women, and then we'll deliver it to the women just um Especially like last week after we talked about fellowship, I just thought, what a great way to just encourage these women that are just in really hard seasons in their life right now. So go ahead and talk at your table. I'm going to give you about five, ten minutes. And if you don't finish it right now, it's okay. Uh, finish it later and just leave it at your table and we'll deliver those to them this week. Thanks. Okay, even though I see a lot of heads still bent over and writing, um, we're going to move ahead. You will have time at the end um, to finish those if you aren't finished yet. Um, just quickly, um, I am Lynette Hager, and I am married to Michael Hager, uh, who works at UNI, and we have two sons, Benjamin and Andrew, and Benjamin just got married two weeks ago, and so we have a daughter named Caitlin now, and our younger son, Andrew, is on staff here at Candeo. He is the director of junior high ministry, and so 
that is us. And um, I am super excited to be here and just, just thankful to be able to talk about this particular thing that is so incredibly near and dear to my heart. And I never thought um, that it would be. <laughs> um, but, you know, God will have his way. Um, so um, the, the part that I get to start with and I'm super excited about is disciple making. Um, yeah. Can we take a peek at that first slide? Okay, here's here's disciple making. Don't give up on that modeling career because here's the thing about discipling. Whether we recognize it or not, we are all models. And I want you to own that and embrace that and live it. Live the life of the model because we are always, always teaching and modeling. We are teaching in unguarded moments when we're having a conversation with someone. We are teaching um, in our response to gossip. We are teaching in our reaction to a hard circumstance. We are teaching um, in our response to, um, to really just about anything. And so it's in those unguarded moments and in the ways that we speak to each other that we are uh, teaching and modeling. So the question is not whether we're teaching, it is what we're teaching. So as um, believers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we exist to bring glory to God. That is why we are here. Our life is to be a living testimony of the finished work of the cross. So if you know and love Jesus and you are overwhelmed and just slayed by the finished work on the cross, you are his disciple. And so we get to make more disciples. Um, our life is supposed to be a message to the world of what he's done. And so in our little piece of his world, we get to live out the beauty of that truth. And we do that when we're getting close to other women and we're sharing what it is that he's done for us and what it means to be a follower of him. Um, he is sufficient. And that is the truth that we need to, um, in our relationships, in the women that we get around, we need to model that he is sufficient. We need to be living evidence of the doctrine that we believe. So that is our what in the application is now what? So um, that next slide, it just tells the, dis the, the disciple making definition that is given in your book. Um, disciple making is the process in which a maturing believer invests herself for a particular period of time in one or just a few younger believers in order to help them grow in their faith. So some of you may look at that and think, well, I'm out because I'm not qualified. Um, and, and that's kind of an overwhelming definition, and you can feel like, nope. Um, but here's the thing. We are all qualified. If you know and love Jesus and you know and love his word, you are qualified. And it does say a maturing believer. So understand, this doesn't mean a fully complete, I've arrived, here I am, I'm a believer, and now I may be a disciple maker. It, it just doesn't work like that. You're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, so you have everything that it takes. We just have to be willing to give ourselves away in that. Jesus gave himself away, and he asked us to do the same. Um, so the next slide, um, the disciple and the discipler are fundamentally disciples of Jesus. So um, understand that whether you are being discipled or you are the one discipling, what you have in common and what makes you qualified is that we are all disciples of Jesus, and that's enough. So I just really want to emphasize that um, 
don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't feel like you need to do ABC and XYZ to be able to pour into another woman's life because you don't. Um, early, early on, um, when I was a new believer, the woman discipling me said, um, if you know John 3.16, then you have something to share with someone else. And so um, it really can start that small as you begin to get into someone's life and figure out what exactly am I going to share with this person. Um, in light of that, I highly recommend and feel like this should be required reading. Um, it's called Adorned by Nancy Lee DeMoss, um, who got married, and now she's Nancy DeMoss Walgameth. Um, this book is about living the gospel together in a way that we are so adorned with the gospel. What makes us beautiful, what makes us attractive to other people is Jesus living in us. And so this entire book is how you pour that into someone else. And I think one of the most powerful statements she makes is this. You may not feel qualified to inspire the generation coming behind you. The fact is we're all still learning, still growing, still in need of daily grace. Soundness of faith is not a mountaintop or a finish line. It's a journey, and we each travel it imperfectly. But I promise you, what you have gleaned of God's nature and ways throughout the course of your life, however inadequate you may feel, it's worth passing on to others, particularly to those following behind you. Wherever you have seen God prove himself faithful, wherever his word has sustained you in weakness and provided needed direction, and yes, even when you've experienced the consequences of failing to walk according to his word, there's your story to share. The soundness of your faith is based on the soundness of the one in whom you've placed it, not on your perfect record in walking out that faith. Um, that inspires me. <laughs> that helps me feel propped up in this when we feel like, oh, wow, you have no idea the messes I've made in my life, and I'm pretty sure you're not going to want to be discipled by me. But that's the thing. That's your story, and you get to own it. Um, I began my walk with Jesus in my late 20s and early 30s. I had a sincere profession of faith when I was 15, but then we moved across the country and I didn't have any follow-up and I didn't know what to do. And um, my parents weren't believers at that time and so there I was. So fast forward to my late 20s when I got out of college, which are known as the dark years. Um, and post-college, um, a young woman my age um, came around me in my workplace and she was fabulous. I, I said, I don't know what you have, but I want that. I want that. And thus began um, a 30-year friendship. And so she was the first person who poured into my life, who showed me what it looked like um, to open the word and read it and study it. And then shortly after that, um, when I was married and had a toddler and one in diapers, there was a mom um, at our church who was um, actually in her grandma stages. And she noticed me. She saw me. She um, looked into my eyes and said, baby girl, we're going to start meeting. And so she met with me every week for years. And we started with another book promo. Elizabeth George. Anyone? Elizabeth George. These are old books. Um, also should be required reading. We started with um, A Woman's High Calling, 
um, talking about what God calls us to just as women. And then after we got through that and she showed me what it looks like to um, read a book, we didn't just read the book, we looked up every single scripture that was referenced. So understand that when you bring someone into your life and you don't know what your common point is, like I don't even know, I don't even know. Um, find something in common, like the mom book, A Mom After God's Own Heart, also Elizabeth George. Um, this changed my life. It changed my parenting. It changed my heart, and it changed my children's life because God was so good to me in her discipling of me through this book. And again, we looked at all the scripture. But the first thing she showed me... Um, was this passage, before we can even get to mothering and training our dear precious children, we need to take care of business with God. And what will happen by God's grace if our hearts are dedicated to God? What will happen if our hearts are filled with love for the Lord and with his instruction? We will be godly mothers. And then, then we can more successfully teach God's word to our children. Complete devotion to the Lord must first be in the heart of the mother, in your heart and my heart. And then our godly training of our children and our diligent teaching of God's word will follow. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that until she came into my life and said, here's the things you need to know. And we read all the books and we did all the things, but we also, we looked up the scripture every single time and we got on our knees every single time. And I learned in her sunroom in Lincoln, Nebraska, what it meant to petition God on behalf of my children and what it meant to petition God on behalf of my husband. She also wrote a wife after God's heart and a woman after God's own heart and a husband after God's own heart. So there's a theme and you probably should read these books if you're, if you're looking to disciple. Um, so in all of that, besides what I learned about going to God's word and knowing and loving his word and praying um, in ways that I never knew people could pray, um, what I learned from that is that she was available. Um, but she was available in accordance with her season. And each one of us are in a different season of life and you don't have all the availability and all the margin and all the time in the world to say, I'm gonna disciple 27 women because I feel like God's telling me to do that. Um, there is a reality of where you're at. Um, when you have toddlers and, and littles swarming around you or whether you're a grandma, even grandmas have limited um, margin and availability. We happen to be in a season right now where we have empty nested and I've got nothing but margin. <laughs> um, it's kind of sad the way I feel about that. Um, but here's the thing, God meets us in every single one of those seasons and he allows into our life the people that he believes that we can get around and have in our life. And so fast forward 20 years from all of my early on discipling, um, we moved to Cedar Falls, and um, I thought, great, now what? Because the women at my other church had taught me how to teach, and so they um, taught me how to lead. They poured into me. They sat in my class on Tuesday mornings in the back of the room, and they held me accountable for what I said, and afterwards they would say, um, you can't say that. You don't have scripture to back it up. Your theology's off. You're just off, or you're a wackadoodle and I don't even know what you just said. And so um, there were those moments and then I maybe didn't teach the next semester, but perhaps the one after that. Um, so I'm here and I'm thinking, okay, 
what do I do now? Um, we had been at another church in Cedar Falls for eight years, and I got to do the same things there. And for a variety of reasons, we landed here four years ago. And again, I, I didn't know where to go or what to do or what this was going to look like. And I didn't know how to get women around me exactly because I didn't know anyone. Um, and then um, Andrew, Jenny Sabino through Andrew, that whole relationship, um, Jenny asked Andrew one day, do you know anyone in the community who um, likes to act and sing and might want to be in a play? And Andrew goes, besides my mom. So um, I met Jenny, and we did a Christmas production at the old building. And in that Christmas production was a whole host of college women. Cue the tears. Um, Lauren Ward, Casey Smith, who was then Casey Johnson, and Hannah Carlson, and Christina Red um, were all in that production. And because I loved them and they loved me so well, I just started hanging out with them. I'm like, okay, you're in your 20s. I'm so not. Um, but seriously, can can I hang out with you? And so we started spending all this time together, and um, the salt company got wind of that, and they came to me and said, would you like to formally disciple college girls? And I, yeah. Um, so they started giving me girls, and in my very first discipleship group um, was Casey Johnson, and I'm, I'm not picking on you because I adore you, but Casey was in my first group, and what I want you to know is that in discipling, so much comes back to you. So as those girls were in my living room, Casey was the most humble, teachable spirit, and I had not known that. And I am super prideful. Um, yeah, pride's a thing for me. And Casey was one of the few women in my life who said, prideful much? And she yeah, yeah, you called me out on pride. You called me out on pride more than once. She's like, oh, I feel like that's prideful. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like um, it's time for you to go. Um, Casey's grown in a few years, you know. <laughs> no, but see, that that's the thing. It was so great for me. It was so great for me because... Um, Again, we're never done. And so um, Casey and Hannah and Ellie, Hannah and Ellie live in Vietnam now, and we continue discipling via video chat. And so um, God is good. Those first relationships of doing this um, just have shaped me and grown me and humbled me in incredible new ways. And um, this year, gulp, um, I will have 12 women to disciple, because why not? Uh, <laughs> because my kids are gone, um, and, and because God is good. Um, so in all these weeks that have led up to this week, know that every bit of that pours into and shapes and forms and creates this place in you where you are able, out of the overflow of all of your disciplines of grace, to be able to get around women. And maybe it's just one or two, and that is perfect, um, because he promises to be present when there's two or more of us. So um, disciple-making has deepened my faith in this season of life in ways that nothing else ever has before. Um, so it's uh, teach, 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 train, train, train. And uh, women did that for me. And I get to do that for other women. But you can start small. Be intentional. Be relational. You know women. If you're sitting in this church on a Sunday morning and there are women around you, you have opportunities to invite them to lunch with you. Um, ask questions. Ask good questions. Ask, ask the right questions. Um, 
be practical. Um, all you need to be, you don't have to be super older than someone else. You can just be in the next stage, um, just a little bit ahead of the person behind you. So just turn around and grab that next person and pull them along with you. Um, God will bless in ways that you can't imagine. And um, my heart is full. Yeah, so... Um Lynette, one thing that I notice as you're sharing your story is there was someone in every season of life that was pouring into you. Even when you, the beginning of your story, when you said, I just finished college and I'm working at a job, you were single at that point, and another single gal was working at the same job, and she looked at you and said, let's meet up. Um, and then it just continues on from there. So just to hear your story that no matter what season, <coughs> excuse me, no matter what season of life you're in, there's always opportunities to be investing in women around you. Uh, you don't have to wait until you're older. You don't have to wait until you're more um, learned in the faith uh, like Lynette said, if you know one thing, you just have to be one step ahead of that person. And I remember Paul Sabino used to always say, if you read something in the scripture that morning, you have something to share with someone that afternoon. So it, it's not a, you know all of this and now it's time. It's, hey, here's what I'm learning. You want to learn with me. Um, and that's been really encouraging just to see um, happening in the lives of women here at Candeo. And that's the thing that I get most excited about when I hear of things going on. And I'm like, oh, my word, I didn't even know that was going on. And wow, the fruit of, of the labor of that and the time. Um, so it is a resource that God has given us, the things that we're learning. God is instilling in us wisdom that we've been given and it's a resource that we are to steward out to other women um, and that's why it's in this portion um, it might seem weird where it's like okay stewarding God's resources what does discipling have to do with that but God has given us that resource of the wisdom that he's instilled in us the things that he's given us from his word or through meditation or prayer and that's something that we have been stewarded and now we can go out and find someone to share with and most women in this room are not going to have 12 people <laughs> but just one even um, just pick one and uh, start meeting up with them and sharing with them what you're learning. Learn with them. And the the journey is just amazing. And I so appreciate, Lynette, you sharing um, just how that's looked in your life and um, what it can look like in all of our lives. Um, but we have other things to steward, not just uh, the wisdom that God has given us. Um, we've also been stewarded other things. Um, one of them is time. And it took me a long time to even realize that this was a resource. Uh, I just think when someone says like stewardship, I think money. That's the first thing I think of. But time is a resource. And just like money, we can budget our money, right? Uh, time, we can budget our time. We can tell our time where we want it to go. Um, and just like in, in a budget, you might have those things that are set. So you might have your mortgage, your insurance, you know, those things that are set. There's things in your day that you can't change. You have to go to work at eight. You don't get to come home till five, whatever that might look like for you. Um, 
there's things that don't change, but there are things that are margins in your life that you can tell that time what you want it to do. You can decide in your day what you want to do with those margins of time. So that's kind of this next section, just quickly talking about the time and the resource that it is and how we can steward it. Um, but we, we do need to recognize that as we steward the time, it is something that's a gift from God. It's not something that we deserve. Each day, as we wake up for another day, it is a gift from God. And we can wake up and use it as wise or unwise. Um, and the Bible talks about this in Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. It says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. <clears throat> So walking, not as unwise, but as wise. So you're continually thinking, what is the wise thing to do? What does God want me to do with this day? So when you wake up asking God, how do you want me to spend my day? This is a resource. This is something you've stewarded me. How do you want me to use my day? Um, and when you look back at your day, it's going to point to the things that you value. Now, as soon as I say that, Lynette reminded me of something really helpful. And just to remember that, especially if you're someone who stays at home, <clears throat> it might look like most of your day is menial tasks, right? You're like, I swept the floor three times and I picked up Cheerios five times because my kid won't stop spilling them all over the place. And I cleaned the bathroom, and I put them down for naps about 10 times. and um, But those things are not meaningless. That is a value to be serving your family. So when you look at your day, don't feel um, discouraged by the season of life that you're in, but recognize that each thing has value, and no matter what we do, um, we can worship God through that. In word and deed, we can worship God. And sometimes in life, the season of life that you're in, it might look like worshiping God through doing dishes and sweeping the floor um, and taking those little opportunities in your child's life to disciple them in just every window of opportunity. Or you might be at work for 10 hours a day and you don't know how that how am I going to be used by God because I'm sitting at a desk for 10 hours a day? You can use that and you can work for the Lord and glorify him in your work. So there's opportunities in every season of life to steward the time that God's given us and glorify him with it. But there's, there's also um, kind of two ditches that we can land in. I think that sometimes we can land on the one side where it's I'm going to schedule my day out. I don't want to waste one minute. And you can be so scheduled and so regiment that you don't leave any room for the work of God or change in your day. I definitely fall on that one. Sad to say. I'm like type A. Um, or there's another person who might just like wake up and have no clue what they're going to do and just like, whatever the day brings, I'm going to do it which is great. I want to be more like that person. <clears throat> um, but 
um, that could also land unwisely if you're not stewarding that time and just you look back at your day and you're like, wow, I got nothing accomplished. So there's two ditches that you can fall in and just asking God, how can I, how can I live kind of right in that in-between of looking to God and asking, God, what do you want me to do today? And how can I schedule it wisely for your glory um, and your honor? Because we are to number our days and to know that, um, as it says in Psalm 90, 12, teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Uh, each day, like I said, is a gift. We don't know how many days we have left, so we don't want to waste them. Um, it is a resource, and as we look ahead, James 4 talks about saying, if the Lord wills, knowing that uh, we don't know what tomorrow will bring, but we can trust God that he will uh, give us another day and we'll continue to walk steadfastly um, and use this time for God. So practically speaking, what does that look like? Um, it might look like um, reading a book on time. Like for some people who are like, I just need help with managing my time because I feel like it's out of control. Two helpful books would be, um, I have one of them here, I couldn't find the other one because I lent it out to somebody, but this one, Shopping for Time by Carolyn Mahaney um, and Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. Um, those are two good books if you're like, I just need more help with this on time. Um, but practically, what does it look like? Start your day by asking God what he desires for you from that day um, and wake up early. And I know everyone is like, I don't like to wake up early, but um, it is helpful. Wake up just even a little bit earlier. Now, this book talks about joining the 5 a.m. club. You can get to 5 a.m. when you're ready, but um, it is helpful to wake up early and get your day started and spend time in God's word, like Lynette said. Um, make a plan, um, leave room for God to, to intervene. And like we've already talked about, redeem your time, use time that could be wasted in the car or whatever you're doing. And then something that I learned from Laura or the salt company somewhere when I was doing a D group, we talked about doing a timesheet with our salt students. And this is really helpful and I'd encourage everyone, just do it this week, do it for a week. Um, write down everything that you do in a day, maybe in half an hour increments or an hour, however you want to divide it. Um, and just look back after a week and see what, where is your time going? What are you doing with your time? And that's really insightful. That was really revealing to me. And I was like, oh man, I'm wasting a lot of time. Um, so it's just really insightful to do that for yourself. And look, you don't have to share it with anybody, but even just for yourself to look like, where is my time going and where am I investing it? And is that where I want to invest my time? Um, but time is not the only resource. We have other resources that we've been stewarded. Um, and Lynette uh, has such great insight with this, and I just asked her to share kind of how do you resource or how do you steward other resources? Do you want to share with us about that? I will. Um, generosity, um, do you have the generosity slide? 
Generosity, and this is straight from the book, is one of the great evidences of truly being a Christian. One of the side effects of the gospel going deeper into our souls is that it frees our fingers to loosen their grasp on our goods. Um, so really, this is a time where you can really think about what am I holding like this? Um, and what am I holding like this? And I think we all have different things in our life where you can confidently say, oh, I'm totally open-handed with this, and I'm totally not with this. Um, but that's just a reflection of how do we view everything that we've been given? Um, what do my values demonstrate to others? Because again, we're still pursuing that modeling career, and part of what we model is how we um, use our resources, how we use our money, how we use what's available to us, how I use my home, um, which gets used a lot, and I'm gonna go back to that. Um, but this, all the things we are given are tools that God gives us for his glory. So again, it goes all back to him. And one of the things that I never considered, um, you think, um, oh, I'm just going to steward my money. Um, and like you said, you didn't really think about, oh, I also need to steward and make wise use of my time. Um, we also steward um, our home, our stuff, um, our children. Um, I would say that I held my children like this for a really long time. Um, until one of the said children um, spent Christmas in Vietnam one year. I'm like, well, guess I'm doing this now. Um, but in that, we have to remember that God allows us to have these kids for, for whatever time he allows us to have them, and then we release them. And so um, nothing is more sobering or takes your breath away when you know one of your kids says, and now I'm going to Malaysia for the summer. Yay! So again, it's just one of those you, what do I believe and how do I demonstrate that? And um, God, God has used that not just in the life of the kid who goes overseas, but he uses it um, in our lives as his parents and his siblings and his grandparents and his friends. We demonstrate um, how we're going to give away the things that God has given us. Um, 2 Corinthians 9.7 says, Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Well, God loves a cheerful giver because he is one. Um, with joy, he gives us the things that we have. He delights in blessing his children just the same way we delight in blessing ours. Um, Luke 12.48 um, says, From everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. That much more part is the sacrificial part. Um, it's the grace of God that frees our soul from selfishness. And we can look back over time and say, oh, yeah, I used to hold on to that really tight, and I used to be really selfish with that. But God has led me to this place where he's allowed me to be in a different place with how I keep my grip on certain things. Um, sacrifice varies from one person to the next, and it varies from season to season. It may be very sacrificial for you to invite a group of people over for dinner because that's just out of either the expense of that or the time that that takes or the convenience of that. Um, but I will say one of the things that God has changed the most in Michael and Mai's life um, is God has given us this place where we understand that generosity is inconvenient 
and we sacrifice our privacy and we sacrifice um, our time together. We sacrifice um, the things in our home um, to do ministry. But the thing about that is that being generous can be messy and it just goes right back to disciple making. Being a discipler also is messy and inconvenient, and you give up your privacy, and you give up your time, and you give up stuff. But at the same time, um, God blesses every step of the way. He so desires that for us to just give it all away in, in the season that you have with what he's made available to you. Of course you want to be wise in that and seek good counsel um, before you start giving all your stuff away. Um, he doesn't call everybody to do that, but he does call us to be generous with what we have. And so um, generosity is another means of grace um, that he allows to us because um, it just frees us up. Um, to do ministry better, to see and know him better um, when we're not tightly gripping our things and our time and our and our home and our husbands and our kids. Um, we don't get to hold on to them like that. And the more we release that, um, the more gracious and lavish he is with his blessing because we are blessed to be a blessing. So out of that um, just comes the goodness, the goodness that God shows us um, through that generosity. Yeah. So as we look back at stewarding God's resources, we've been given a lot to steward. So we've been given God's wisdom so we can steward that through discipleship. We've been given time, money, talents, uh, our home, our family. Uh, we've been stewarded a lot. <clears throat> so as you look at your life, um, we'll be just talking about what does it look like to steward in your life and what's an area that maybe you hold on tighter than other areas of life. Um, but just to wrap it up um, before we send you into discussion, I just want to remind you the truth that all of these habits of grace are not boxes to check. It's appointing us back to Jesus to delight in him and the freedom it is to live and walk in freedom with Christ. So my desire is that this study was in no way uh, more guilt on you of I need to do more, but more of a release and freedom that look at how God has blessed us and the things that he gives us to to instill grace in our lives, whether that be time in his word or memorizing his word or time in prayer, time with fellowship with other believers. Um, they're all evidences of God's grace that he can pour out if we just put ourselves in those paths um, that he's going to pour out. So my prayer is that this was just a taste of all of those things uh, that maybe just in this study, there was one thing that you're thinking, I need to I need to dive deeper into that and learn more about that and just use this as a springboard into the rest of the school year. My prayer is that you would just spring into maybe more time in your word um, or more time in prayer, whatever that looks like in your life, um, that one of these areas just kind of hit something in you that God would use to spur you on to be able to just stand under his waterfall of grace um, in that area of your life and receive the grace that he pours out. So don't stop now. Uh, use this as just, just a chance to go deeper into God's word um, with other believers. Take a chance before you leave to maybe even look at someone across the table and say, hey, do you want to like 
meet up this year or do you want to read God's word with me or do you want to pray with me this year? Now's a good chance um, to start that. So our questions to wrap it up um, are up here on the screen. Uh, you can talk about one person that you want to intentionally pursue to disciple um, and also what area of your life would you like to grow in your stewardship and what does that look like? Um, and then just looking back on the study, what's some areas that um, you would like to grow in? So take the next time. We're going to end it again um, around 7.15. So you've got plenty of time to talk. We wanted to give you an extended amount of time to talk um, at your tables because this is wrapping it up. And we want you to be able to apply and go out into uh, the rest of this school year to be able to just send you out and springboard you into that. If you have any questions, um, Lynette will be here, and she's a wealth of knowledge. Um, and Or if you wanted to look at any of these books up here, they'll be up here. So um, go ahead and enter into some time of discussion and let us know if you have any questions.